This episode of Manage Smarter is brought to you by SalesFuel Sales Manager Training. Based on the Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness, it's a 36-lesson on-demand program to upskill your sales manager so they can execute your vision and drive consistent revenue growth. Watch a free lesson and find out more at salesfuel.com SMT. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, when uh, you get uncomfortable about something, you, you tend to want to make it comfortable and run away from, you know, feelings of discomfort, correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. However, with COVID-19, it's one thing that we've learned. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. For the long term, in, an, in a many more different ways. And so our expert today is not only going to talk about how discomfort, he believes, is the only thing that really leads to growth, but also how to coach to it for your team. Make your team uncomfortable and make them grow. Sounds like it's simple, but I think it's way more complex than that. Well, I'm sure there's lots of nuance, and we're about to find out what that is. That's right. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. Bill Ekstrom is on deck, the founder and CEO of the Excel Institute, the world's first and only organization to measure and quantify leadership effectiveness. Consider one of the world's top authorities in metric-based performance, coaching, and growth. He's got a book, Lee. It's called The Coaching Effect, Mm -hmm. and it's also co-authored by Excel Institute President Sarah Worth. Helping leaders at all levels understand the necessity of challenging people out of their comfort zone to create high growth organizations. I watched this TED Talk. Everybody, you can see it on YouTube. It's called Why Comfort Will Ruin Your Life. He's a keynote speaker, presents to hundreds of groups, and we're very lucky to have him on the podcast. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Audrey. How are you? Good. So your discomfort started when you got called into the C-suite and got fired on the spot. And that is what all this came out of, right? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for bringing up one of the (laughs) most humiliating events in my life. (laughs) Way to make him feel uncomfortable, Audrey. I'm trying to make you grow. Come on. (laughs) You know, it's interesting um, that you start off with that because I wasn't. The the TED Talk, Audrey and Lee, was not supposed to start that way. And it was, I was actually had a new opening, a different opening created mm. for the TED Talk. And I was bringing it to our team. Um, so we we're sitting around our conference table. This literally happened. And I was walking through that opening and Will, our VP of sales, looked up to me and he, and he just said very matter-of-factly, he said, Bill, why don't you just tell the truth? And I, and I said, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, tell the truth. I said, what do you, what do you mean tell the truth? He said, why don't you tell everybody that the only reason we have jobs, the only reason we're able to work together, the reason we're able to sit around this conference table right now is because you got fired from your job 10 years ago. And everybody, all the balance of our team was kind of sitting around and they kind of nodded at each other, like not sensing, you know, my sarcasm or, but they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. So anyway, I uh, realized at that moment, that I was about to give a, a TED talk on the need to be in discomfort or seek it or embrace it to grow. And I was afraid to go there myself. So the opening of the TED talk changed to the story of my, one of my more uncomfortable events getting fired and the rest is kind of history. That's yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, I, I love that it started that way. I thought it was very brave and 
it really kind of, you know, had me leaning in like, well, tell me more. <laughs> so, you know, well, thank you. <laughs> so a lot of people though, what we'll hear is like, you know, I, I don't like the, I, I try to do everything I can to make my staff feel comfortable and, and feel safe and, you know, love to come to work and everything like that. And what you're suggesting seems uh, contrary to that, but is it? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, so you use the word comfortable. Um, what, what I tell people, what our organization tells people, and what we talk about in the book, The Coaching Effect, is we have to go to productive, not comfortable, but productive. And what creates productivity, but more importantly, what creates consistent growth of productivity? And that is there has to be discomfort involved in both psychologically, physiologically, biologically, it's got to be there in order for things to grow. So it's not just a, a work thing, but it is a world thing, actually. And, 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 and there's a lot of truth to that because I, I think the most comfortable moments, and I, and I say moments, I'm talking about even sometimes months, you know, it, it's where I learned the most and grew the most as a leader. And, you know, I certainly wouldn't, you know, erase that because I would have to lose the knowledge of, of what I learned. But same point in time, I don't want to go through it again. <laughs> right. You know, it's a, that's, it's a, but that's an interesting point, Lee. And that's what we hear from a, a lot of leaders. Um, when we ask them to reflect on their lives and the times they grew the most, there were also, there were always periods of challenging times. Nobody said, yeah, I really grew a ton when I had nothing to do. And I just kind of sat around and cruised for a while. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about that. That's right. The magic well, what, happens outside the comfort zone. That's right. Well, I was going to ask the question about how is this different though? Let's say I'm good at my job and this concept of discomfort leading, leading to learning. How do you delineate that from say professional development overall? Well, you know, there, first of all, let me back up. I think everything begins with learning something. And then learning converted to strategy, strategy to action. Um, it, it's the, it's what am I learning? And not only what I learn, it's what I'm, what am I willing to then do with it? And so often when we learn something, we only apply the things that, that really make us comfortable, that we're comfortable doing. Ah, okay. And you know, one of the things, and I'm sure you see it too. I mean, how many times do you train salespeople a better method that if they follow, they will sell more stuff, but, but they don't <laughs> do it because it's different than what they're, they're currently doing. And it's interesting. So really what creates discomfort is the unknown. It's unpredict. It's the unpredictable. That's what creates discomfort in our lives. And That's a, true. And what creates comfort is the opposite of that. So it's predictability. And, and you see it in salespeople all the time. So if you follow A, B, and C, D will be an end result, and that'll be a better result than what you're doing now. Well, that's an, you know, that would require me to change the way I think and to change the way I behave, and I'm not willing to do that. You know, it, but also in sales, we're also taught to reduce risk for the buyer. And so there's certain inherent risk involved because of the uncertainty. So as a manager, what can we do to reduce that risk? Okay, so ask that question again, Lee. All right, so in sales, uh, we're taught to reduce risk uh, with, with the buyer. In this case, then the coachee is, is the buyer because there is inherent risk because of the uncertainty. 
of following a new methodology, procedure, something like that. So as managers, how can we sell them and, by reducing risk? Well, I, I think that's a really good question, by the way, and you're making me think about that. You know, again, I'm going to get back into starts to learning. When one of the things we that we've seen with our client organizations is when they understand, for example, uh, the growth rings that I talked about in the TED mm -hmm. talk, and that we explain even further in our book. When they understand how that works, there's a tendency to go, "Oh, I see what you're doing." I see where this goes. I am really, you know, it's not that I don't think this will work. It's that it's making me uncomfortable. And most of the times our response to this discomfort is subconscious. There's a visceral uh, aversion to it. And that's what people have to overcome. And the first way to overcome it is to really understand how it works. Did that answer your question, Lee? Well, let's, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So talk a little bit about the growth rings and how does that work? Well, the growth rings uh, depict environments that exist around us all the time that either promote or hinder growth. And the environments at both extreme ends, one would be stagnation, which is negative growth. Another is chaos, which a lot of organizations and people, quite frankly, are feeling today with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Neither of those um, are healthy places to be. Chaos is having no control over inputs or outcomes. But then you have two other environments in the middle, one being order. And order is knowing that what you do or what happens in your environment leads to a predictable outcome. But it's the predictability that creates comfort. And therefore, it's comfort that makes order so dangerous because growth only occurs in a state of discomfort. And discomfort occurs when you can understand inputs, but outcome, but they're different and outcomes will be different. We call that environment a complex environment, hmm. not complex in, in the sense of, of complicatedness as much as it's the name of an environment where inputs have changed and outcomes will be different. And there we go. When outcomes are different, that means they're unpredictable and it's unpredictability that creates discomfort. That's where people are afraid to be, but it's the only environment where growth occurs. So it's sort of like that definition of insanity. Right, exactly. <laughs> so what are some tangible ways to create that environment of discomfort for your teams or whoever you're mentoring as a leader? I know uh, an example that I'll give that Lee, I report to Lee, in our company is when he tasks me to go learn some new process or way of doing things or even just a whole new task that's assigned to me and it makes me deeply uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'll sometimes say to you, Lee, and I'll, I'll cop to this. Do we really need, you know, do I have to, and you do not let me off the hook. You're like, figure it out. That's it. Like, you know, when I go off and I'm always grateful for that actually in the end. So other than, not letting people off the hook, what new processes or new sales goals? What are some of the other ways to force people into that zone? Uh, well, for the, that's a great question, Audrey. And, and you described, quite frankly, one of them that mm -hmm. so many leaders, coaches are afraid to do, which is to use your words on Lee, you know, figure it out. In other words, you know, I think often as leaders and coaches, we tend to view ourselves as problem fixers. We remove mm -hmm. obstacles for people. 
if I've heard it once from leaders in sales, I've heard it hundreds of times, which is, oh, my role as a leader or a coach for my people is to remove, uh, remove obstacles. It's not. Your role is to help your people understand how to remove, remove obstacles. obstacles. That's right. uh-huh. It's not to do yeah. it for them. Now, so before, I, before we really dive into answering that question, let me back up for a second because one of the things that gets left out and I realized this because I, I tagged that in the TED talk several years ago, which was growth only occurs in a state of discomfort and that everybody just jumps on that and they're enamored with it. But here's the reality. While as, as it applies to, to coaching and leadership, if you don't first have a trust based relationship with people mm-hmm. and you try and create discomfort on their behalf to create growth, which, which is which is good, but if you don't have the relationship first, you're a jerk. Uh, That's what we see in our research. Mm -hmm, It's true. Mm -hmm. So obviously, it needs effective at doing things like that with you because you trust me and me knows you, me understands you. And without that in place, you just view Lee as kind of a jerk, you know, it would be, well, you're doing it for your benefit, Lee, or for the company's benefit. But if you don't know my goals, my objectives, and you can't tile this together for me, why this is going to help me, then it just doesn't make sense. Point. Yeah, it goes That's both ways point. too, because, you know, Audrey has, to, Audrey has to trust me. I have to trust her, but it, it's like, and I've been in coaching relationships uh, where, you know, the coachee, you know, yeah, it was difficult for them to trust. And so what happens is, oh, you're being mean, you're a jerk, you know, whatever. And it's like, and, and no matter how you try to phrase things or whatever, it's like, it's difficult. So it's like, I know exactly what you're saying there. You know, and one of the other things that, that makes me think about it is like, how do you coach somebody or get somebody in a coaching, in a mindset then to be able to receive coaching and really dive into it, you know, when they don't think that they have anything that they need to improve on, or they don't think that you as the, as the coach, you know, have anything of value to provide to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, great question, Lee. And first of all, let me start off by saying, I don't believe that everybody is coachable. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And usually what we're seeing with, when we see circumstances that you're describing, is with A players. Now, what's interesting is we have a tendency, especially in sales departments where we spend a lot of our time, but it applies to (laughs) A players within any department, we see a tendency to leave those people alone. Uh And that's really one of the worst things you could do is A players want to grow and develop no no less, if arguably more, than what other people do. They just don't want to be perceived as having it done the same way. So treat me uniquely, treat me differently. And then, so to answer your question then specifically, if somebody doesn't seem to be valuing the coaching you're providing, the first thing to do is to look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, what am I doing or not doing? to not create value or discretionary effort on this person's behalf. Um, but, you know, what our research would show then after that is it, it, everything begins with trust relationships. 
Um, then you've got to have the right order, processes, systems in place. And then you are set up to be able to challenge people uniquely and individually, get them out of their comfort zones to grow more. But it, be, it does begin with relationship. And that then, of course, leads to well, what creates relationship. Well, what we've seen in our research is, first and foremost, it's providing objective, objective feedback, um, written feedback then doing consistent one-to-one meetings, doing career development plans with people, and then having wonderful, healthy, consistent team meetings are what we call the four high-growth activities that leaders do consistently and do well. Do you recommend that uh, people, you ask a lot of questions uh, for discovery when you're leading into coaching as a way to get to that place of complexity? Yes, Audrey, you, you, you just said it. It is it, it, coaching too often. People perceive it as telling, as you know. Well, I'm I'm a coach. I'm the master of wisdom in terms of this mm-hmm. profession. And here's I'm going to now impart my wisdom upon all the people that are on my team, which is and they shall be grateful. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and, and which is ridiculous. It is about questions, questions. It's no different in coaching than it is in sales. The most powerful thing you can do as a coach is to ask great questions, not be able to have great responses. And it's also true in sales. Exactly. Exactly. And it's really unique. Our director of research calls it the management paradox. You know, in sales, you go from asking questions to learn and you solve problems and da-da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden, when you go into a management role, you start telling. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a few minutes left. It's excelinstitute.com, everybody, but it's ECCEL. So, Excel. No X in there. Same thing on Twitter. (laughs) And then your LinkedIn is also Excel-Institute and Bill Ekstrom. Bill, you want to talk about what, you know, your consulting? I mean, obviously, you're probably not traveling around doing speeches right now. Are you doing online presentations or you know it's yes it's boy that's been a um a fun and interesting and uncomfortable yet growth-filled switch um yeah i've learned as a matter of fact i'm right in front of me right now i've got an external camera i've got three computer monitors up i got a directional microphone and i've begun to do a lot of work online uh, both with our clients as well as uh just keynote speeches which which is surprising and fun to do. But um, yes, it's, it's excelinstitute.com. And what we do is we help organizations, we, we quantify their coaching leadership effectiveness, and we measure the impact it has on the teams that, perf, uh, that report to them. And then we help them learn how to create that discretionary effort, which is the role as a coach or as a leader within their organizations. Can you sum up real quickly how you do that? Uh, yes, we, we thank you. It's, it's a four step process. The first thing we do is measure. So we come into organizations and we, um, through what we call the coaching effect survey, we ask people to, um, really measure, we measure the relationship between a coach and the people on their respective team. So we create a baseline from that. Everybody actually gets a score. Um, and we're measuring these key areas that our researchers showed us are critical to growth. So that's number one is measure. Number two is uh, educate and develop. 
So that is understanding what are, what is it that I do or don't do? What are, what are the behaviors? What are the greatest coaches doing to create the most discretionary effort? So there's a lot of education and development in terms of those four high growth activities. And so there's kind of a coaching quantity and quality component to that. The third step is around implementation. Sometimes organizations do it themselves. Sometimes they use us, but it's monthly huddles. It's taking what you learned and making sure that it is getting applied to the people in your team, as well as your, you know, obviously your own behaviors. And then the last step is to track and analyze. And we've developed a coaching cloud software that allows us to do that. So it's really taking all the, what you do and what you say and quantifying it, tying it back to growth. And as a result of doing all that, we're able to measure um, what coaches, what, what impact they're having on their teams from a dollar and cent standpoint. It's fascinating. This is great stuff. I love all these concepts. And um, Bill, we're so glad you came on the show. It's really great food for thought. And I have a feeling we're going to hang up and Lee's going to say, go learn quantum physics and come back to me with a 50-page report. <laughs> There's no 50-page reports. <laughs> There's, okay. I've got some good YouTube videos you can watch on quantum physics. It's much easier, Audrey, much easier. Me yeah, yeah. won't know. He won't know the difference. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure meeting you, Bill. Thanks for joining us in, in the pandemic. It's uh, great stuff. Audrey and Lee, Appreciate thank it. you very much. It's an thank honor you. to be with you both. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>